there. This is Cassia. And this is Brian. Welcome to The Oven Hawk, a podcast discussing Star Wars news and Knights of the Old Republic. Spoiler alert for the Knights of the Old Republic series and the Star Wars films, TV shows, and all other media. This is where the fun begins. Hello there. Let's dive into Tatooine. This is kind of how we're imagining diving into the second adaptation in our proposed trilogy. And it starts out on Tatooine. Some people might not like the order of the planets we go into, but I mean, we kind of discussed in the in some of the last few episodes that we wanted to end on Kashyyyk, so it's kind of like a triumphant mm-hmm. victory, like a jungle world, you know, that kind of mirrors Terrace, which is a tragedy on a city world, you know, and like Dantooine is kind of the divider. And things kind of go from okay to really bad in movie two, kind of just looking at the plot and... So we just kind of wanted to start on Tatooine, but I know like some people are just like, but I want to see HK47 in the first movie and I want that Funko Pop, you know? But I'm like, I'm just looking at the characters, you know? So Yeah, I think in the game when, when I play it, and I think kind of the order of planets when most people play it is they go to Tatooine uh, first. But yeah, in terms of telling kind of the best story we think we could tell, you know, over the course of a trilogy of movies. Uh, I think it's kind of in the best interest of the storytelling to uh, start the second act here on Tatooine. So like you said, we finished in Kashyyyk on a high note. We're going to start out on Tatooine. We go into kind of the the darker, you know, a little bit more, uh, uh, more tension-filled second act, so to speak. Yeah, and... A lot happens on Tatooine that I think it would just be really random to set up a whole new era, and then you have Terrace, and then you have Dantooine, and then it's like Tatooine. I think that would be Mm -hmm. too much for for one movie, Uh, because we we meet HK-47, we have the Tusken Raiders, we have the Jawas, we have the Star Maps, we have the Crate Dragons. It would, I think it would just be a little bit of an overload, you know, and... I just think it's it's a good place to kind of have an opening for a movie. Where would you open a movie? Like, we didn't script this, but do you have a beginning for the movie, like, in your mind? That's a tricky one, right, is how are you going to get the second film started up. So I think we kind of settled on ending the first film, you know, in the midst of a celebration on Kashyyyk. So how, how do you open open that? Do we maybe think about opening the movie actually on Kashyyyk and we get uh, another minute with uh, Mission and Zalbar as we say goodbye or uh, do you open it in space uh, coming in? I don't I don't know uh, for sure. Uh, what do you think? How do you think that a, a second yeah. film should start? How are, how are we getting to Tatooine to set this thing up? Yeah, 
I mean, it's kind of a conceit of Star Wars to begin in space, mm-hmm. like all the time, always. I mean, perhaps that could be changed for Knights of the Old Republic. Like maybe they're looking into star maps or something. Maybe mm. that would be a little bit too different for people, but I kind of just would want to avoid Empire Strikes Back's similarities. You know? Sure. So I, I don't know if I'd want to begin with Malak with his mm-hmm. steel weird jaw thing looking ominously and being like, <laughs> you must bring me Luke Skywalker. I mean, uh, Revan, I mean, <laughs> unnamed protagonist, you know. And right. <laughs> So I don't, I don't really have an idea in mind, but it's like, maybe you just begin and like, maybe they're just like, we're driving to Tatooine on, on a road trip, you know? And it's just... Mm-hmm. Maybe you play into it with the Force Vision. Uh, maybe you start the film off uh, aboard the Ebon Hawk and uh, you get, you know, Revan, the protagonist there, you know, kind of wakes up and he, you know, gets his next vision of where this next star map is supposed to be. Um, you know, and then yeah. the crew can kind of talk about it and, you know, Bastila or Carsale, that sounds like uh, Tatooine, or I remember seeing that on Tatooine, you know, something like that, that sort of gives a destination to the crew. Yeah. So, so maybe it starts aboard the Ebon Hawk. So, you know, it, it opens up in space, but maybe not necessarily a, you know, a wide shot of the ship flying through. Maybe it's a little bit more intimate, you know, on board the ship. Yeah. I think the star map on Dantooine kind of says, like, you need to go to Tatooine, you, know, you need to go to Kashyyyk, Manan, and Korriban. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, maybe it could be, like, more, like, they have to decipher them. And I'm like, that would be really cool. I love star maps and star charts and, like, constellations and all that. And it's like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Rather than just being told where to go and then it's like, oh, wow, coincidentally, while en route, we had a vision of exactly the perimeter we need to search it, you know? <laughs> right. So. Yeah, because yeah. I, don't, I don't know that I see it necessarily as like a scavenger hunt, but I maybe just over time, the, the star map has kind of deteriorated. So it leaves yeah. some vagueness as to where exactly uh, yeah. we're supposed to be going. You, you don't want it to feel like a scavenger hunt, but you want it to feel like an adventure, kind of right. like a mystery to solve. Yeah. Um, so... That'll be fun, but what would be your cinematic inspirations for, like, the Tatooine section? So, on Tatooine, we're going to Anchorhead, and we've not ever seen Anchorhead before. Uh, we've seen uh, Mos Eisley, obviously, we've seen Mos Espa and uh, Mos Pelgo, I think, and The Mandalorian, but we've not ever seen Anchorhead, and you have to uh, remember this is set way back in the past, so... Kind of my inspiration for what I would want to see out of Anchorhead is uh, something like if you look at like the ruins in Petra and Jordan, uh, they're kind of carved into the stone. And I think that's how I would like to see the city sort of constructed. Uh, in most Eisley, you have, you know, kind of these sandstone buildings and stuff, but they're they look almost fabricated. I, I, I picture this as being more of like carved out of a piece of rock and that's how Anchorhead kind of came to be. So, uh, when I think about oh. films, um, <laughs> maybe not, maybe not my, my favorite film, but a film that is, uh, takes place or is set and is shot, um, in Petra is the mummy returns. Um, that also, you know, plays out into the desert. So you'd have the dune sea. Uh, so just kind of visually the way that that looks. Um, and then you also have, uh, some Indiana Jones, films that bring some inspiration to me and i think i'm stealing one of yours here but uh raiders of the lost ark a lot of that was filmed in tunisia uh same as most likely was and uh, 
you know, all of the Tatooine stuff we've seen so far. And then Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, now, if you watch through to the end of that when they're going in to get the... Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes, yeah, sp- spoiler for, for Indiana Jones. Uh, but when they're going in, you know, to to get the cup of Christ and things, uh, that is in uh, Petra as well. So those are kind of my film inspirations for, uh, for how I think that uh, Anchorhead and Tatooine, at least inside of the city walls themselves should look. Uh, what about you? Do you have any kind of film ideas or inspirations or locations that you'd like to see kind of leaned on in an adaptation? I would say the films I was thinking about were Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just the mm-hmm. definitive kind of perfect adventure quest treasure hunt film. And I think you'd kind of just want to play up the genre elements, especially in a middle chapter of a Star Wars trilogy, mm-hmm. kind of make it a fun, um, I don't know, just an adventure. It's fun. And I have to say, I was worried you were going to say one of the Transformer films because they oh. did film in Petra. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you mention that, like, hmm, you know, but. <laughs> I take but, no inspiration you... from Transformers films. Okay, good. But, um, but if you like Transformers films, that's great. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was definitely inspired by Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just because it's a it's great adventure treasure hunt film that it's probably the definitive one honestly Mm -hmm. the search for the lost ark you know and you kind of have like indy and marion kind of having like a uh will they won't they thing and i think like i forgot to mention like out of all the like different layers in tattooing if they're trying to like really build this relationship like i think a lot of work has kind of had to been set up you know, with the casting and Mm -hmm. the first film. But as we kind of said, like, you don't want to have, like, a full Attack of the Clones in Knights of the Old Republic Act 1, you know? Like, we just can't go that far in one film, the first film. So I'm just saying, like, you kind of have to see a little bit of Bastila's humanity and, like, her running into her mom. Like, it's such a soap opera thing, but that's Mm -hmm. what Star Wars is. And I just kind of imagine that happening. Like, Bastila is just saying, like, Jedi can't, you know, have families. And then, like, literally someone taps her on the shoulder and it's like, hey, your mom's here. Like, is this you? And it's like, oh, I, I just think that would be funny. But, uh, yeah, so Raiders of the Lost Ark, kind of having that adventure looking for a star map on the set of Tatooine. Crazy zany hijinks happen. And you kind of like develop that bond, the force bond, and then like the relationship bond, I guess, with Revan and Basla. And then I was also inspired by Casablanca because mm-hmm. uh, it's just a different kind of way to play on genre where it's not just shooting everything. It's kind of like the, the human stakes and everything. Right. And I don't want Tatooine and KOTOR to like kind of just look like the same set, you know? I'd want it to like maybe have like colorful stucco or something. I do like the idea of carved out things. I, I could do that, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm basically good with anything, but if they're like, what if the bar that <laughs> Han Solo was in was still there? And I'm just like, no, we're done with that bar. We're done. The Cantina was a franchise from Anchorhead. Yeah. <laughs> they, they opened one up in uh, Mos Eisley. 
now, but I, I do think that it's going to be important for not just Tatooine, but kind of all of the locations that we visit is that the locations need to have a personality and a lot of stuff going on because we have a very large cast of characters and we can't just, you know, be like, all right, all nine of us go to the cantina and then, all right, all nine of us go over here to this repair shop. There has to be, you know, kind of, kind of things for, you know, the entire, you know, kind of ensemble to be doing. Yeah. Uh, when we're stopping at these places, right? Yeah. I mean, you do want to introduce HK47, but like for me, like in KOTOR 1, T3 is kind of just more like a background character. He mm-hmm. really, I mean, it could be a she. Let us know in the comments if you think T3 is a he or she, even though it's a droid, you know, but um, yeah, I, I think that you can kind of maybe break up the characters into doing different things. Like, maybe one is kind of, like, handling, has to do something with the Jawas. One has to, like, go into the camp. One has to search, you know. It's, like, so everyone has a purpose to do just so they're not, like, ha, guess I'll stay on the ship. You know, they don't need me. They only need two other people in the party, you know. So you want everyone to have a purpose, which is why Mission and Zalabar would probably be on Kashyyyk, you know. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, well, to that end, so that's kind of the you know the goal we've set you know for for the uh, crew. What do you, what's kind of the overall goal of Tatooine? Do you think, so, or what do we want to accomplish in the film here? I mean, obviously, you know, the end goal is to get the next uh, piece of the star map. But in terms of you know kind of the story arcs and the moods and you know kind of where everyone is feeling, uh, you know, within the group, uh, what's kind of the overall uh, feeling you think we should end with on tattooing? Um, I think you kind of want to really get to know who the characters are. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of want more of a feeling of like, there's a mystery, not that I want someone like hinting at it every five seconds, you know, but it's like something more is happening at, or is at play. Mm-hmm. And even like HK47, like used to belong to Revan, you know, like, I don't know if Bastila knows that or if she's like, oh, crap, like, this yeah. is his old phone. He found his old phone somehow, you know, and it's like, we erased his memory, but apparently it's just happening because it's Star Wars and, you know, these things happen. But mm-hmm. you get to know the characters, their relationships more like, uh, my friend Ian, when he was describing like, Empire Strikes Back, like, the first sequel, you know, the first midpoint of the, of a Star Wars trilogy is, like, they're examining what lies underneath. I think we kind of have the characters established. We have Karth established, you know, in a first film. We have Bastil established mm-hmm. and Jolie established. But, like, we're kind of, like, learning more about who they are underneath and, like, how they interact with each other and... It's not just like delving underneath the surface to find a star map, you know, that's been long buried, but you're kind of like learning more about themselves or more about the the characters, I would mm-hmm. say. So that's what I would say. What, what about you? Yeah, I think it's going to be important to start doing, like you said, a lot of more character exploration, uh, you know, learning kind of the motivations and kind of the the standing, I guess, of, of everyone. So I think it's going to be good to spend some time with Bastila and we'll probably talk a little bit more uh, about this in a future episode, but uh, kind of her side quest. And I think it would be good to spend a little bit more time 
with Candorus and learn a little bit more about him. Uh, we actually bring him into the party pretty early, but uh, we didn't give him a lot to do um, in the first film. So I think it's going to be yeah. good to kind of touch base with him. Uh, you know, the first film uh, is a lot of Karth, so I don't think that his his arc is going to be, uh, at least on Tatooine, not quite as much. Um, and the same for Jolie. We're going to get to explore a lot more with him, uh, you know, when we get to Manon. So, yeah, I think just, you know, learning more about Bastila and her motivations and, you know, her feelings where she's coming from and just get to spend some more time with Candorous. I think that that's uh, probably how I would see the character arcs going. But as as far as the mood and how I think that it should play out. So we ended the first film in Kashyyyk. Uh, it was a big party. You know, order was restored. Therefore, uh, Zalbar and his you know tribe and mission. Uh, so I think that kind of to start this film off, I think that there needs to be some sort of a blow. So I don't know if you know someone ends up getting wounded or uh you know what exactly that's going to be but i think that just something needs to kind of knock the team off of this high that they finished the first film on uh what what do you think about that do you think there needs to be some uh drama to to get things started off or i always do love drama you know yeah. um huh, i'm trying to think what like something organic i don't know because part of me really does kind of just hate the bounty hunter from Terrace and think he has no purpose. But I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe he could serve that purpose, even though I hate him. You know? Yeah. Well, so kind of my th- my thinking about it and how I would potentially do it is, I want to say it's it probably is Karth is is who I think would be the the one to fall victim here. Uh, but I think when uh, you get to the star map and uh, we're confronting some crate dragons. Uh, that, uh, you know, one of the members of the party, you know, gets injured or barely makes it out. Um, and that's, you know, something that we're going to have to deal with and uh, can kind of, you know, open up the door for shuffling the characters kind of in and out as we're uh, moving through this story. I don't know. I, I could see Candorous getting injured. It would kind of give him something to do because he's a, a warrior from a warrior culture. And it's mm-hmm. like, his body and being in peak fighting condition in a way it's like what he's born for and all he can do you know yeah and like just kind of to force him to like have to be more than that would be interesting and like maybe he has to learn uh from Karth that it's not just about being a warrior but like being a good soldier and working with people and like maybe they could like I don't know, because if you if you kind of see like Karth and like Candorous talk to each other, it's like they have a lot of similarities, a lot of differences. It could be kind of fun to like kind of see them have to interact, you know? So yeah, I just I just think it's better in terms of the storytelling to not have a big you know victory on Kashik and then go to the next place and be like, all right, Tatooine got the star map, killed the great dragons, that was great too. On to the, on to the next. Yeah. I th- I think there needs to be something, you know sort of a stumbling block for the team here. Yeah, maybe Candorous has to, like, kind of... He's like, uh, why am I even here? Because I'm like, I can't even really think of, like, wait, why is Candorous here? Like, what is he getting out of this, you know? Right. And maybe you kind of have a little bit of a breakdown of the team, and, like, Jolie's kind of just there to be like, uh, this guy's literally Revan, and, like, I don't know if he's... I don't think... It, <laughs> I don't know if Jolie's ever gonna be, like, Bastila. I know. 
So yeah. I'm just letting you know that I know, and now you know that I know, you know, and, but we're not going to let the audience know. We're having a conversation that's so layered, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. Bastel, are you ever going to tell these people? <laughs> yeah. I think Jolie's kind of there is to be like, eh, I'm kind of the intervention person, you know? Right. So uh, maybe like a little bit of a breakdown in the team. Like, it seems like it's a straightforward adventure, but like, you're kind of seeing like the limits of people, you know? And yeah. I think like Manon, I mean, we'll get to Manon when we get to Manon, but I think Manon is actually going to be a whole lot more interesting than I think a lot of people think, you know? Because mm -hmm. it's like, you can really have a whole lot of fun with like the half Republic, half Sith. And like, I don't know, I really just want them to play up the duality, like spy-ish kind of Cold War mm -hmm. drama. And, like, uh, I mean, like, Bastila is keeping secrets. Like, Revan's literally Revan, you know. Jolie kind of knows. Karth is always, like, paranoid, you know. And HK wants to kill everyone. And T3 is just there to have a good time, you know. like That's, that's right, yeah. That's the fun thing about, like, having, like, Tatooine. And then Manon is, like, you kind of have that desert. Mm-hmm desert and then a, a sea you know kind of polarity so that's how we're thinking this through you know yeah that's right but yeah that's that's kind of how or what i think you know needs to be accomplished as far as our characters go on tattooing yeah. and kind of the arcs um and then obviously we're going to be picking up a another character who we're going to talk a little bit more about in the episode uh hk47 so another new uh member to the party so so yeah so yeah. i think that's that's kind of what we need to accomplish but to accomplish the ultimate goal on Tatooine, we need to go and get the star map. Now, it's out in the Dune Sea, but there's a problem with where the uh, star map is, at least in the game, is that there's a very large, very scary crate dragon uh, standing in front of it yeah. because uh, he moved into the cave where the star map was. So in uh, film, what do, you, what do you think about that? Do you, uh, you want to have a crate dragon like we had seen in the game. It's a canyon crate dragon, if anyone's uh, interested in uh, knowing that. But what do you think? What do you? What are your uh, dragon are um, looking like? So I do not want a sandworm a la Dune, uh, a la the Mandalorian. I would rather have like three kind of medium size, like maybe like a little bit bigger than the Reek in Attack of the Clones that uh, Anakin mm -hmm. had to take on. Okay. And I don't know who exactly I would want to have at the star map. Like maybe Candrus and Karth are like having to do their own thing. And maybe Jolie is like at that moment, you know, with the sand people like being like, I'm just going to make sure this droid's not going to kill everyone, you know? <laughs> right. And he kind of does his thing. And maybe like Revan and Bastila are there. Like, because I think I mentioned that I would like to explore how some characters like experience the dark side like because mm -hmm. i think honestly like basil would kind of have the hardest time you know with the right. dark side at that time i think revan is a blank slate like yeah he's just kind of absorbing things right yeah and i think the most resolved jedi the most jedi like character in the group is probably jolie even though he's not a jedi you know mm -hmm. kind of has that in common with um, Ahsoka, but I would like kind of like to maybe see like Bastila kind of like struggle, kind of like how 
Anakin struggled with Count Dooku in episode two. And then mm-hmm. maybe Revan would be kind of more like Obi-Wan against Count Dooku in episode two. And then Jolie would be the, the Yoda. So that's just what I would have in mind. But uh, what, what do you see? Yeah, so, well, so as as far as the crate dragons go, um, I like the idea of having like a smaller one outside. Uh, but I mean, it's still a dragon, so it's it's still big. Um, and then maybe having a larger one inside. Uh, to after we get the star map, kind of everyone you know thinks that mission accomplished, but the mother of the smaller cray dragon outside uh, returns home or you know, wakes from her slumber or something. Uh, so we get a second battle after that. So uh, that's kind of how I see the cray dragons. But as far as the the star map goes, I think that having Bastila there would make a lot of sense, um, especially uh, just in Anchorhead, if we're going to be, you know, visualizing that uh, side quest where you meet Bastila's mother, you know, and her kind of emotions are all out of sorts. So then to have her, you know, kind of, a you know, taken in this uh, star map and kind of this, you know, dark side energy that uh, it could be exuding, yeah. uh, I think would be really interesting. And I think that it would also be, interesting to have hk 47 there um if we're going to play off of the fact that you know he was you know at one point revan's droid maybe he says something you know not uh just a just a little foreshadowing uh kind of um you remind me of my old master yeah i guess he doesn't really remember but it's like oh man you're the you're the best or something yeah i don't know yeah just yeah just something like that just just a little bit of foreshadowing you know that maybe uh, you know, Bastila can read into more than, you know, Revan's going to read into or, you know, the rest of the people in the party would. So I, I think that that would be be interesting to kind of have that trio there doing the star map. Yeah. And uh, one thing I was kind of thinking about is like, what if she runs into her mom and her mom doesn't know if her father's dead? So like, I don't know, is this to attack of the clones? And it's like, so she- <laughs> Like, she's kind of like, is he living or dead? She doesn't know. It's like Schrodinger's cat, you know? But then, like, she kind of has to stumble on his body or corpse or something. Or maybe he's dying. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, like, stumbling on her dying father would be too much. But, like, maybe Bastila just, like, is kind of like, no, my, my father's alive. Like, I need to believe this. And, like, her mom's like, no, he's dead. Like... Yeah, I just have a feeling like he's dead, you know, and she kind of just like doesn't believe it. But then she has to stumble on his body and deal with it. And like she's not going to be in a great mental place. And then like Revan's there and then she's like, oh, like kind of deal with that. And then maybe he helps her. That That's how I, I kind of like see that. Like she's yeah. not in a good place, kind of like dark sidey, but also like oh, this guy's helping me through this hard time, you know? And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's going to be something really interesting we're going to have to lay out here as we're kind of making our way through, you know, Tatooine, you know, figuring out which of these kind of side stories we want to do, uh, what sort of interactions within the town uh, we want to have, uh, how we'd handle, you know, meeting up with the uh, sand people on their, you know, native lands and, you know, seeking their assistance and, uh, helping them out and then, you know, ultimately making it to the star map. So there's still a lot of uh, really good stuff we're going to have to get into uh, here on Tatooine, I think. So Yeah, 
we're gonna have to have Huni D on again to talk with us about the Tuscan Raiders. So yeah, that would yeah. be excellent. Yeah, but yeah, in the future we're gonna do more of a play by play of like how we would adapt all of Tatooine cinematically, but we kind of just wanted to break it up just so it's a little bit easier to podcast and like so it's not like a five hour episode because. Like, I would say, like, out of all the planets other than Terrace, I think the most happens on Tatooine, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of uh, story development there. It takes a long time, at, le- at least in the game, for me, because you spend a lot of time kind of running back and forth, you know, through the yeah. through the Dune Sea and, and inter- interacting, you know, with the people that are stranded out there and um, interacting with the people in, in town. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, opportunity to break down a lot of fun stuff on tattooing so yeah so uh let's just take a quick break and we'll be back with some fun news So, in case you haven't noticed, the Evan Hawk podcast, we now have t-shirts available uh, yeah. from a Square site, and the link is in our bio. And mm-hmm. we have some pretty cool colors. We have blue, brown, green, black. I have black, and then there is navy, pink, red, yellow, and white. Uh, yeah. What colors did you end up getting, Brian? Uh, so, I got the kind of the lighter blue color. Um, and then I also got the yellow, uh, which is the color of Basil's lightsaber, uh, which is pretty awesome. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's available in all those colors right now has the logo on it. Uh, looks really nice. The t-shirt feels really good. I've been able to wear it out a couple of times. So, uh, yeah. So make sure you go and check those out. Like Cassie said, the links to the merchandise store is on, uh, it's on both of our Instagram, uh, bios. And you can also just go to uh, evanhawkpodcast.square.site and check those out. Uh, but, you know, t-shirts are not where we're going to be stopping with the merchandise, hopefully. Yeah. So should we spill the beans on some future merch? Yeah, I think, yeah, we've got some things in the work. Uh, we just uh, got a shipping notification from our uh, next piece of merchandise. So hopefully they turn out really awesome. The proofs of them look really awesome. Uh, but it's kind of our first foray into making pins. We've got some awesome Evan Hawk podcast pins coming uh, everyone's way. So uh, hopefully those will be here, you know, sometime in the next week or so. So we'll be able to, you know, get lots of awesome pictures of those up for everyone to check out. Yeah. When you become a patron on Patreon, all the tiers get stickers, uh, Evan mm-hmm. Hawk podcast stickers. And then the the highest tier on Patreon, which is Hero, Villain, Savior, Conqueror, automatically gets a t-shirt and you, you get to be like, I want this color, I want this size. And we'll be like, okay, cool, we'll, we'll send it to you. So, And there's more merch in the future and more projects. And the more patrons we get, uh, we can get more merch out there, more projects going, and more quickly. Do we want to spill the lo-fi beans at all? Yeah, so 
If you're a member of our Patreon, first, thank you. And you've had a preview of some amazing Knights of the Old Republic lo-fi uh, we had. So this was done by friend of the pod, uh, Dennis Mowers uh, from DS Mowers Music. Uh, he got the first song going for us, and it is the theme for the Terrace Upper City. And I'm going to put in a little clip of that right here. Yeah, yeah, so that's so that's uh, awesome. So, so Cassia, uh, Lo-Fi, this this is your jam. Uh, how do you feel about the way this one turned out? Oh, I really enjoy it, and I think uh, Karth saying I don't want to talk about it is really just the apotheosis of what the Evan Hawk podcast is. You know, yeah, and like we're our patrons are going to be voting on what song from Knights of the Old Republic to adapt next like so if you want to get on the voting you can become a patron and uh we're we're super grateful and i'm i'm really loving the terrace upper city and i don't know like kotor music deserves more love and i i love lo-fi music especially kotor lo-fi music so yeah, yeah definitely yeah so go go check that out um, and you know, check out what all the all the tiers have to offer, and you can find that at our Patreon. It's www.patreon.com/slash/EvanHawkPodcast, and that link's going to be in both of our uh, Instagram bios as well. If you ask people who their favorite Knights of the Old Republic character is, a lot of them are going to say Revan, and a lot of them are going to say Bastila, but another lot of them are going to say HK-47, and we meet HK-47 on Tatooine. And now in the game, you go to sort of a junk shop, droid shop repair place, and you have to buy HK-47 for a lot of credits, or you can uh, be a little shadier and get them for a discount if you want to. Uh, but yeah, we're meeting him uh, here at Anchorhead. Uh, Cassia, do you think we should pick up HK-47 from the uh, from the droid merchant? Or do you think there's a better way to introduce him to our party? Maybe it would be a little bit too much if Jawas, if he found him from Jawas, you know? Um, yeah. Or maybe he could just be living his own life, like he liberated himself from his master. And it's like, when you say liberated, do you mean you murdered your old master? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. A little bit more interesting than like we found him in a store, you know, but um, maybe we go to the Jawas and we try to buy R5 D4 and he blows his motivator <laughs> and he has a bad motivator 
and we end up taking HK forty seven. So we get to, we get to get R uh, five in there again. Yeah, like, and they can be like, oh, and then you can see where Han shot Greedo in the booth, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then we we have all those. So, and we've completed tattooing bingo. Um, but I don't know, just kind of like show them in a way that's interesting that Star Wars hasn't done before and like kind mm-hmm. of exemplifies HK47's like programming slash character. Like I would, I would be all for that. Um, right. I just wanted to read a couple of the fan casts we, we got. Um, mm, okay. So Star Wars Doctrine said someone like Alan Tudyk, he did a great job as K2. And I was mm-hmm. like, eh, part of me is kind of like, I would like him, but I'm like, he was literally K2SO. Right. And like, they're kind of similar robots, so maybe it would just be too much if he did both of them. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, Alan Tudyk was great, and K2SO was a really great entry into the Star Wars droids, but I think I would be wary of uh, using the, the same exact character. Now, I know Alan Tudyk is, you know, a super talented guy with a, you know, a lot of range and things and could do a different voice, but I think it it would just be... Uh, better to have someone new uh, into one of these roles. Yeah. And then Ironic Designs says the original voice actor who is Christopher Tabori or Bill Hader. And I'm like, "Mm, I can get behind the original voice actor, but Mm -hmm. I just kind of wonder if like, if you're doing an adaptation, if you kind of just want to have like, I don't know, someone new just to kind of like, see someone else new like tackle the role what do you think right um i would think that they probably would not be going with the original voice actor especially since you know everyone else is going to have sort of a different voice and probably you know at least slightly different appearance from what they do in the game uh but yeah i mean that would that would certainly be interesting to have the the same voice actor and you know his voice in the game is very iconic so uh, yeah. I, I, w- I would be okay with that, but I'm, I think I would probably lean to someone else. Now, uh, Bill Hader, that's a really good pick. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, so who is your fan cast for HK47? Uh, so my fan cast would be Danny Pudi, who's uh, probably most famous for being in Community. Uh, he played Abed uh, opposite Troy, who was, you know, now uh, Lando Calrissian in the Star Wars galaxy. So, yeah, I think Danny Pudi would be good. He has kind of a dry sort of monotone delivery at times when he wants to. He does have some experience in voice acting. He plays one of the ducks on the new uh, DuckTales cartoon that was out a year or two ago. So, uh, yeah, so that's my uh, that's my pick for who I'd want to. It's it would be interesting to see if they would also be playing them physically because that's something all of the droid actors have had to do in the past. So Alan Tudyk and uh, then you had uh, Phoebe uh, Weller's Bridge. Yeah. yeah um, doing, you know, L3 and things actually physically acting them out. So yeah. that would be interesting to see if uh, the character was going to be uh, doing that as well. But yeah, for at least for my, my voice actor, I'm, I'm picking uh, Danny Pudi from community. Yeah. I think you'd really want to have the the actor there because mm-hmm. it's comedic. And I think like to really have the comedy rather than like, okay, can you read these lines with a whole lot of enthusiasm, you know, like rather <laughs> right. than get some random person on set to be like, can you read these lines 
for us, like our actor is, you know, in California right now, like mm-hmm. to have him there in a little bit of the suit, like kind of like how Alan Tudyk did and Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Anthony Daniels to have him there. So you, you kind of, yeah. everyone kind of feels like a part of it, you know, um, mm-hmm. that would be good. Uh, so my fan cast is actually Bill Hader. So he's just a, an incredible voice actor. I think like he would be able to kind of capture the, the character from the game and kind of put on his own unique spin. Mm-hmm. So he's a, he's a great actor, great voice actor. And that's who I think would be a fun pick. Yeah. I think that would be a really good pick. But yeah. Definitely let us know, uh, reach out to us on uh, Instagram and let us know who you think would be a good pick for your uh, HK 47 fan cast. Yeah. And I think it would actually be cool, like to have voice, actor cameos like maybe they could be like the mm-hmm. jedi council or something or like you just have the voices throughout it and it's like was that the the guy who like played karth in the original you know like that voice sounds familiar you know uh yeah. just kind of have nods to the actors who whoever wants to you know but yeah and especially because a lot of the the voice actors who worked in knights of the old republic you know did other stuff, you know, between the animation and other video games, you know, in the Star Wars world. So, uh, yeah, it would be really cool to get some of them back to do some sort of voice cameos. I mean, you have a lot of things uh, like on the Endar Spire. I mean, you're going to be having alarms going off and announcements being made. You always whenever you're approaching a planet, you're always calling for clearance. So you're hearing voices come over there. So, uh, yeah, I think it would be really cool to have some voice cameos from the game. Definitely. Yeah. So there is our, our kind of first foray into tattooing. Anything else we should we should mention before we wrap up? I think that that is a really good introduction to tattooing, and yeah, I mean, just stick with us, and we're gonna we're gonna keep going through tattooing because there's a lot there. And you can find us on Instagram at Evan Hawk Podcast. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Astro underscore Droid underscore. The Evan Hawk can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Schuerman at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash Alistair Sounds. Our transition music was composed by Christian Walker at christianwalkermusic.com. This episode of the Up and Hawk podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.